Welcome to Counseling Over Coffee, a podcast of Redeemer Counseling Group. Whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, we are happy to have you. And if you enjoy this podcast, it helps if you rate and review us, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And of course, any sharing of the podcast on social media is greatly appreciated. For more information about Redeemer Counseling Group, you can visit our website at RedeemerCounselingGroup.com or look us up on Facebook. And with that, here is Cherie with Counseling Over Coffee. So today is going to be just a little different uh, than our normal podcast. And we're going to do something that I think we've done maybe once maybe twice in the past, and that is to answer some questions that people ask, either at conferences or through social media. So today's one of those days. And to be honest, answering people's questions is a little risky because there's a chance our answers can be wrongly interpreted as the answers And that's not our heart and that's not our intent. Our responses to questions that aren't clearly communicated in scripture are based, excuse me, on our experiences, our values, or simply put our opinions in some cases. So we share them with that in mind. Ask these questions to someone else and you may get a different answer and perhaps even a, a better answer, but here we go. Question one, how would you summarize the purpose of counseling? So we get this question or a form of this question quite often. So I'm glad to have the opportunity to respond to this here in the podcast. And those of you who are frequent listeners may already kind of get the answer to this because of things that we've said throughout our time here with Counseling Over Coffee. The purpose of counseling is embedded in the purpose of being a Christian in general, to grow in Christ-likeness. Theologians call this progressive sanctification, the process of change that the Spirit of God begins at our conversion and continues throughout our life here on earth. I heard someone share a metaphor once that really helped me visualize Christian growth. I wish I could remember who it was. He used a picture of a gnarled and twisty tree branch. When we become a Christian, God takes the twists and the bumps and the dried, settled, I guess I'd call it brownness of the branch, and he begins this process of making it new and green again, of transforming it and restoring it to its original condition. And this process is long and often difficult as the branch has to be softened and straightened over our lifetime without breaking it. And ever so slowly and meticulously, God uses the all things of Romans 8:28 to shape us into the healthy, new, fresh and pliable branch 
we were always intended to be. And one day, one day, we will be completely new with no twists or bumps or hardened patterns because of Christ's commitment to grow us in this life in preparation for the life to come. Counseling is essentially two or more people coming alongside each other to partner together in this transformational growth process. This is important because counseling for the believer isn't just talk therapy, as helpful as verbally processing our suffering is. The target of biblical counseling is growth. Growth that comes first and foremost from the work of the Spirit of God in our hearts because the Bible clearly teaches in places like Matthew 15 that it's from our hearts that bad things come, that sin comes. And this is why our perspective on counseling is that it's something the Bible says we are all called and equipped to do and to receive. And it's true. Most people will never see a professional therapist or a counselor. Why? Because the majority of our sin and our suffering can be effectively processed with another mature believer who provides care and support for change. This isn't just a good listener, as, as important as that is, but a person who's going to help us and walk with us through a process of change. In other episodes, we cover this more thoroughly. But the bottom line is this. Both formal counseling and informal, what we would call friendship and fellowship among Christians, have the same goal. Change and growth that helps us get unstuck and untwisted from patterns in our lives that are preventing us from growing and transforming Christ incarnating ways. Whether these patterns are due to sins done to us, sins done by us, suffering caused by living in a fallen world with broken people, or horrific trauma that has left us wounded and desperately needing tender care, counseling can be used by God to free us from the traps that ensnare us. I just love the way Colossians 1.10 simplifies the process of Christian growth when Paul exhorts us to live a life worthy of the Lord and to please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Yeah, so growing in the knowledge of God and bearing fruit. That's the goal of counseling. I need to put that on something up on my wall here in my office where I do my counseling. That growing in the knowledge of God and bearing fruit, that's the goal as it is the goal of every aspect of our Christian lives. Wow, it's a lot more to say about that, but I'll move on to question two. You and Benny have talked about your own pursuit of counseling. What led you there and how did counseling help you? There's that question of, so 
when might you think, you know, I, I really need to probably talk to someone with a little more experience, someone who's gotten some training uh, that can help me? Well, those of you who visit here often know that Benny's been a pastor for nearly 50 years, and we grew up in a church environment where professional counseling was viewed, uh, I guess I would call it suspiciously, and for some good reasons. Our experience with therapy led to assumptions based on people we knew and loved who saw practitioners whose solutions were either years of expensive counseling without the person honestly feeling genuinely helped or a 15-minute appointment that ended with a psychiatric diagnosis based solely on self-reported symptoms and then medications to fix the problem. Honestly, I don't think we knew people who were in uh, biblical, caring, counseling relationships. And so the only thing we had to compare it to was what we were hearing about and observing uh, from secular counseling. So while this pattern happened and still happens, in fact, it happened recently with, with someone I know that uh, went to see a, a practitioner and honestly spent uh, less than 20 minutes in his office and came out with a psychiatric diagnosis. Our personal experience with caring biblical counseling began about 10 years ago when we hit a rough spot in our marriage. There were some common but recurring and painful issues between us and they got to a place where we agreed we needed a fresh perspective by a trained professional. And we had over many years, probably 30 years, we had shared most of our struggles with friends numerous times over the years, but things got to a place where we needed to humble ourselves and just ask for experienced help. And it was then that we turned to the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, CCEF, and found just the help we needed. We had real life experience with Proverbs 12:16 and 24:6, which teach us that there is wisdom in seeking counsel. Now, the Proverbs aren't talking there about, you know, professionals, but talking about just that wisdom and seeking the the help of other people in our lives who are wise and that wise guidance helps us to wage war against the obstacles that entangle and oppose us obstacles from within mostly from within our own hearts and obstacles from without in the form of mistreatment or even abuse which was thankfully not the case in our marriage it was this powerful combination of receiving formal counseling and taking courses in CCEF's online school of biblical counseling that launched Benny and me into counseling ministry that is now called Redeemer Counseling Group. And most importantly, this process helped us expedite God's work 
doing some serious straightening of two pretty twisted old branches. And so that's our story. And I'll move on to question number three. What are some of the common counseling needs you are seeing in people currently? So this is a really good question that came up with a colleague who also does formal and informal counseling. And as we talked, you, you might be surprised by my answer to this common counseling needs that we're seeing regularly. Because my colleague and I agreed, we are seeing sexual brokenness and pain a lot in counseling. And it's interesting. As I've thought about it, I can't think of many people over our decades of hands-on pastoral ministry or counseling whose reason for wanting to talk was something related to sexual dysfunction or heartache or pain or discouragement about sex. But in most cases, the topic eventually came up. As the person became more safe and secure, they would eventually admit pain or disappointment or perplexity about some aspect of their sexuality, whether it was a lack of sexual fulfillment in marriage, using porn or self-sex regularly, childhood sexual abuse, a general disinterest in or distaste for sexual intimacy, or on the other part of the spectrum, having what felt like an insatiable desire for sex, or perhaps an unadmitted, unacknowledged same-sex attraction. At some point, the reason they initially came to talk evolved in the conversation going to sexual topics. And so we've been asking ourselves, why is this? I think this should actually be comforting to all of us. While our culture promotes sexual intimacy as some kind of ultimate experience that brings ecstatic pleasure and connection or worth or relief from the pressures of life, being a twisted branch means that every part of that branch is not as it should be. The simple fact is that nothing in this world works consistently right due to the pervasiveness of sin and its impact on our hearts and on our lives. And pornography or movies or locker room talk never acknowledge the realities and at times the heartaches of sexual brokenness where men and women alike end up in tearful shame or chronic disappointment or questions about their worth to the person they were just intimate with. And as my colleague and I talked, we came to the belief that because we are all sexually broken, that brokenness eventually comes out in the counseling relationship 
or in the close friendship where trusted space is made for admitting that yes, this area of our lives can really be hard. So it, it's not that everyone who seeks counseling has sexual intimacy issues. It's that most of us have sexual intimacy desires that are somehow unmet. And some are harder and more painful than others. And those who seek counseling are able to build the kind of openness that invites admitting this to someone often for the first time like an individual who shared with me recently that one of the things that has become a pattern in their sexual uh, relationship with their partner in this case not a spouse uh, so that's a more complicated issue but they're having to um, think about and fantasize about being with a former lover in order to have an enjoyable sexual experience with the person in their life now. This was a really difficult thing for them to admit, but they were finally able uh, to get into a, a relationship where there was enough safety and connection that they could talk about this. And I'll admit it, talking about sex with people isn't easy. Honestly, it's, it's not easy for me. It's not easier for the, easy for the other person. Is it easy for you? No. I, I think this is an area that we all find challenging. But over time, I find it increasingly more comfortable because I'm able to locate everyone in the circle of gnarled, twisted branches, God is in the process of lovingly straightening. And our sexuality is a part of that redemptive, sanctifying process. So those are some questions that have recently come our way. And I hope that these questions, the, the reason why I do this, the, the Q&A thing, is I'm, I'm hoping these questions will create in you a curiosity about what you hear here on Counseling Over Coffee. I hope that you'll listen with a curious ear, that you won't just accept the things you hear on this podcast, but you'll, you'll think about them. You'll, at, at times, I'm sure, push back on them in your own mind, or please, we invite you to do the same with us. Please email me at sheree at redeemercounselinggroup.com or interact with me on Facebook and push back. Say you disagree or share your questions or it just let's talk about it because a lot of what comes out on this podcast is from interactions that I've had either in the counseling relationship or in friendships or in our small group here at our church, in my dialogue with different family members, friends, 
And so I'm hoping, I pray that your interaction with the things that you hear on this podcast is alive and engaging and you will think things through. You will have questions. You will send us those questions so that we can be sharpened, that we, we could even change our focus or our emphasis or the accent that we're putting on things that we would learn and grow from you. This is not just you learning and growing from us. And so considering these kinds of questions that I've asked today, have brought a fresh reminder of how incredibly hopeful I become when I'm in counseling. I get to see up close the work of the Spirit in people's lives, and it's a work that only God can do. And in the ministry of counseling, in, in our ministry as friends, as parents, as family members, as workmates, we can be consistently reminded, and I get reminded of this on a regular basis in counseling, reminded that sin and brokenness in myself and others comes with a great and precious promise from 2 Corinthians 14, 16 through 17. A promise I cling to for myself and others, other twisted branches who need regular reminders that God is at work, patiently softening and straightening and returning us to the original condition in which we were all created. And Paul says this, therefore, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our momentary and light troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And this is what growth is all about. Persevering, changing, and being straightened out because of the great work Jesus Christ is doing in our lives. And I love sharing some of my growth journey here with you. Thank you.